Welcome, dear listener, to Kirby's Battlemech Compendium. Written and compiled by Periphery et al., I am your orator Shrapnel. Join in the conversation on the MechWarrior 5 Mercenary Facebook page and check out Periphery Pence on Insta for Battletech Eye Candy. Entry 3 BNC-3E Banshee Grandpa Giza The first time you run into a BNC-3E Banshee as a Succession Wars mercenary is an experience that we can all relate to. You're out and about, probably in a hunchback or enforcer, trying to earn some sea bills by working some menial contract against the Lyran Commonwealth. Rayner, told you this would be a milk run, with very low risk. Suddenly an alarm goes off in your cockpit, sensors are indicating an enemy mech contact, sweat beads on your brow as you see the contact is registering as an assault mech. You're not prepared to go toe-to-toe with an assault mech. Even if you can take it down, you're virtually guaranteed to lose some mechs of your own in the process. The lumbering beast comes into view, a hulking monstrosity with a cockpit that seems to host a snarling grimace. The titanic foe pivots to face you, and your target computer finally spits out some data. BNC-3 Banshee 95 tons of armor and hate equipped with an AC-5 and a PPC? That's it? Surely this must be a joke. How can this 95-ton monstrosity be outgunned by a lowly enforcer? Sure enough, however, you and your lancer mediums and lights have no trouble picking the poor Banshee apart as it struggles to defend itself against even the lightest of enemy assaults, leaving you scratching your head and laughing as the Banshee tumbles into a heap of smouldering scrap. So what gives? What exactly is up with the Banshee BNC-3E? And why is it such a poor performing machine, hopelessly outclassed on the battlefield? The answer has two distinct parts. The first is that the BNC-3E Banshee is on the battlefield because during the ravages of the Succession Wars, when humanity literally thermonuclearly bombed itself back to the Stone Ages, technology speaking, the various powers of the Innersphere became so desperate for weapons that literally anything and everything that had any weapons on it at all was pressed into frontline service. In an age when top-tier militaries were so desperate for war machines that they would duct tape on cannons and missiles to anything that moved, you could absolutely be sure that any purpose-built battle mech would see frontline service, no matter how effective or ineffective it was, terms like effective had largely become subjective at best. The second part of the answer is that the Banshee is very old. Very, very, very old. The BNC-3E Banshee is much older than the Awesome, even older than the Atlas, and far older than the Venerable Stalker. The BNC-3E Banshee is so incredibly old that it's older than the Star League and predates the Inner Sphere itself. Turning the pages of history back to the dawn of space exploration, the Terran Alliance was the first central government to control all of Terra, and by the end of 2199, the Terran Alliance controlled colonies on more than 600 systems. However, corruption ran rampant in the Terran Alliances, and they exerted their power in a truly tyrannical fashion. As often happens with tyrannical regimes, their subjects rebelled, and the more powerful Terran hegemony was set up in their place. 
The Terran hegemony were much more benevolent rulers. However, their rule still depended on their ability to use their superior economy and manufacturing base to maintain a stronger military presence than any of the various subjugated factions of the quickly forming inner sphere. This led the Terran hegemony to be ferocious purchasers of military hardware, particularly anything innovative that they perceived gave any advantage over their subordinates. This insatiable appetite for new weapons is what led to the development of the Maki, the very first battle mech. The Maki first saw combat in 2439, and it was the pinnacle of military technology. Development of the second generation of hegemony salt mechs began with the Banshee in 2445, just six years after the Maki. And in 2475, the BNC-3E began production by what would eventually become Defiance Industries. This means the BNC-3E is noteworthy for being literally one of the first battle mechs ever designed. The only other mechs that have endured and are older than the BNC-3E are the Archer, which released production one year earlier in 2474, and the Wasp, which was introduced 10 years earlier in 2464. At the time of its development, thanks to its massive engine and thick armour, the Banshee was several magnitudes faster and better protected than any other mech in development, including the Mackie. However, the large engine and hefty armour left very little room for weapons, though it was actually fairly comparable to other mechs of its time. It seemed enough of an advantage that the hegemony ordered it into production, though its lack of firepower quickly became its undoing and new technologies and design quickly saw it utterly outclassed. Unlike the Wasp and Archer, mechs that have endured by being a triumph of good design and constantly staying in continual production, even up to the Succession Wars, being produced by the tens of thousands, the BNC-3E was only produced for 10 years and only some 5,000 examples were produced before the Terran hegemony ceased production due to poor performance in 2485. To put this in context, that means that every single BNC-3E Banshee you encounter in 3025 not only represents the most basic, simplest and oldest battle mech technology, but means each Banshee is at least 540 years old. Put this in a contemporary perspective, that is the same as soldiers showing up to battle in 2023 with military hardware from 1483. Knights in armour with swords versus modern mechanised infantry. How could over a third of the production run of a mech cancelled specifically for poor production survive for half a millennium to serve in the succession wars? Well, in large part, the BNC-3E survived in the same way the Charger did. While the Terran hegemony definitely were not thoughtful in their military procurement, they were also definitely not wasteful. Rather than waste a brand new, paid-off battle mech, most hegemony commanders opted to assign their allotments of banshees to low-value backwater world garrison duty, or training cadres, where the Banshee was capable of either using its size and strength to pummel anything it couldn't outshoot into ribbons of scrap metal, or providing a decent platform for green mech warriors to hone their skills before being upgraded to more modern designs. Both of these duties meant the Banshee was unlikely to see any real combat, and combined with the extraordinary simplicity of the primitive technology it lent the BNC-3E its exceedingly long lifespan. After all, 
Why pay the high cost of a replacement mech if the Banshee was more than capable of fulfilling its sedentary role and had been paid off for several hundred years? By the time the Succession Wars came around, it cannot be stressed enough how desperate the major factions were for any weapon at all, resulting in the ancient Banshees being pulled from their far-flung remote worlds where they had resided since the dawn of the Inner Sphere and pressed into combat against mechs several centuries more advanced. I am struggling to find the words to emphasise the sheer desperation it takes to be so utterly desperate to defend your home, your wife and your kids that in a last ditch effort you place your hopes in a battle mech so incredibly old that it was already several hundred years old by the time your planet was settled. A mech whose primary defence strategy for the past 500 some odd years is to be intentionally sent to guard over planets so worthless nobody would ever expend the energy to invade it. So when you encounter one in the field, don't judge it too harshly. Have pity on the poor bastard assigned to pilot it. That mech warrior is all too aware of their plight and still has the courage to step into that cockpit. Remember that the Banshee is a venerable part of history older than the Inner Sphere itself. A lasting tribute to rugged and simple design and it is itself a victim of the horrific devastation of the Succession Wars. Maybe try to salvage one and keep it in your hangar so that when times are better, you can donate it to the local war museum where it truly belongs. Well folks, that's all we've got time for now. If you like this series, give a thumbs up, subscribe, hit the bell. If there's a mech you would like us to cover, leave a comment below. Don't forget, check out Periphery Paint for his latest projects, and I'll see you all on the next episode of Kirby's Battle Mech Compendium.